2: This is the point after presented by parks casino is today. Your lucky day bet parks by Brian Patton and associates. It's all about the benefits and by the Steelers pro shop, get it direct from the team at shop.steelers.com. Coming to you following the Steelers, very surprising 30 to six loss to the Houston Texans alongside Matt Williamson and Craig Wolfley. I'm Rob King. Thanks very much for being with us. This look back segment is brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And I'm going to start, yeah, I'm going to start with the positives of this game. Okay. Uh, actually, it's it's singular. You ready? I'm going to go
1: first. Najee Harris. I was going to throw Alex Highsmith on there. Okay. If you were going to ask me, I was preparing for this. If you're going to say, Matt, what good came out of this? I'm saying Najee was phenomenal, Highsmith was really good. And then I was not going to say anything else. Well, you've doubled the list. <laughs> there we <Nice> go. <laughs> Maybe we'll little we'll more optimistic had, than we are. anybody yeah. else out in
0: there? Yeah, I thought both uh, Boz and Brad Wing were good. <laughs>
1: there okay, you go. There you go. Okay. Fair okay. enough. Yep. Good
0: fight job by
2: Brad Wing coming in. Absolutely. Yep, and, and kicking away. So this was, um, uh, as we take our continued look back at this game, this was not at all what any of us expected no. to see. Mm-hmm. I was talking um, in the locker room with, max and wolf earlier today and you know i made the point uh matt and we'll, i guess we can begin with you that you know if you told me hey uh final score tomorrow is going to be 30 to 6 i'd have thought well okay that's a little bit more of a blowout than i expected but you're building off that vegas game that's great 100 yeah. but but to see the loss go the other way to a texans team that was 12 50 and one in its last you know 63 that's it's stunning
1: yeah, I mean, the Texans team had more... 12-40 in one, sorry. 12-40 in 12, 40, 40 one, some yes. short.
2: 12 wins in their last
1: 53 games. I was trying to carry
0: the one on Thank that. you, Ray, I appreciate <laughs> that, confused. yeah. That's on, a Matt.
1: Texans team that had played the most rookie snaps of any team in the league, very young. We know exactly what they're doing. New coach, new quarterback, new defensive star, et cetera. Let's build for the future. And they came off a, a nice win against the Jaguars. But watching the Jags game... No offense to the Texans. They took advantage of the opportunities given to them. Mm -hmm. But Jacksonville really lost that game more than this situation where Houston took it to the opponent. I never would have saw this coming. I thought Pittsburgh would handle them well. It really – I'm sure that there's much strife about the offense, deservedly so. But the fact that that team that couldn't run on anyone all year ran with consistency from the start was maybe the most disheartening thing to me especially with the offensive line they were trotting out.
0: I totally agree, yeah. Wolf. You know, <laughs> when I looked at that offensive line I'm thinking to myself it reminded me years ago of when Mark Malone was making a start against the New York Giants and we were eating pre-game meal together. It was Mike Webster, Tunch myself, the great Larry Brown, you know, sitting around Mark sitting at the end of the table with the hogs, you know, as we're slopping down some food and you know, we're talking about the the Pepper Johnson. We're talking about Lawrence Taylor. We're talking about Harry Carson. We're talking about all these great pass rushers, George Martin and so forth. They're abounded on the Giants team. And I could see that Mark was struggling to eat his eggs. <laughs> As a... Looking at you guys for yeah. protection. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's looking at us for one another, you know. And uh, I could see that uh, all of a sudden Mike Webster goes, Mark, my advice to you is to throw, throw the ball quickly, you know. <laughs> But that's, you know, I mean, the, the thing about it was you expected with that offensive line that you were going to get some meat on uh, on, on, on uh, Stroud. And yeah. the fact of the matter was to not even put him on the dirt and, and a legitimate sack one time. And Alex Highsmith got three hits, mm-hmm. and he got after him. But the fact was he was unloading the ball well and quickly and accurately.
2: Well, I think a couple of things. Uh, first of all, having seen Houston play this game, And they played a terrific game. And C.J. Stroud is really good. I mean, he had a really good quarterback rating against the Colts, who Mm -hmm. got him out on the ground, what, five or six times in that game. uh, Over 100 quarterback rating. This is a guy who's not easily rattled. He's extremely accurate. He's mobile enough to get out of the pocket and make some plays down the field. There's a reason he was the second overall pick in the draft. He is really really good looks really good so if you said hey listen they're going to find their running game with Pierce Stroud's going to have a pretty good game um okay then maybe you win 23 to 17 you don't lose 30 to 6 Wolf do you
0: no and, and not at all and I you know what this is the discouraging part of pro football look I've been in games like this and in situations like this over the years and you go into that locker room and you shake your head because you're trying to figure out how miserable is this year going to be if this continues and that's something that, you know, there is there is a, a fighting spirit within every locker room. Some to a greater extent, some to a lesser extent. And you've got to be able to find that and realize that along with everybody else or this season's going to be over before you even begin to fight. And that's something that comes from within, deep within, and they've got to find that fighting spirit come uh, this weekend.
1: Yeah, it, it really worried me that the Steelers weren't able to dominate the that offensive line, and as I mentioned, they came out running the ball successfully and were able to pretty much the entire game. And then I love to give the, the opponents credit because for whatever reason, Pittsburghers never think the opponents have anything to do with the game. I don't know why that is, but man, they I do. Mean, <laughs> it's always Steelers fault or the Steelers are great. It's never the yeah. opponents did something right or wrong. Right. And Rob's 100% right. Stroud's definitely a keeper. I like their group of receivers. I was a big Nico Collins fan even coming into this. But still, like, you know I like numbers. And this makes me crazy, though, when the Steelers were on defense.
0: That's why I don't follow the statistics (laughs) all the time.
1: (laughs) So Houston snapped the ball 69 times. Only 12 of those were on third down. So, like, a really high percentage of their snaps are on first and second. They're getting first downs without even having to get the third down. They were never in bad situations. They dictated
2: this game. From the from the jump, mm-hmm. from the opening drive and then shutting the Steelers' offense down again early. The Steelers couldn't get anything going again in the first half of this game. That has become a problem. And for this Texans team that can't run the football, hasn't been able to run the football, to consistently pound it at the Steelers, to consistently then open up the passing game, you know, to me, Wolf, um, the Steelers have not been able – to stop the run and they have not been able to stop elite pass catchers that's not a good combination
0: no it's not and it's only going to get worse until you start to shut some of this off and that requires both guys stepping up their play and their communication again as we were talking about some of the things that are occurring in within their coverages you've got to be more on the same page there were a couple of busts there that you know you could tell um, created problems for him, you know, and you might want to blame one guy, you know, this guy Pat Peterson or this guy Levi Wallace or whatever, but you've got to look at the whole network of, of what the coverage is all about. Who's taking leverage? Who's got outside, inside leverage? That sort of thing, and it, so it's not necessarily who what you think it is, you know, and so it's just one of those things that you've got to do something to start stepping this up, and I I, I say. How do I put this? You know, they say that the pyramids were made uh, by guys dragging, you know, ton stone blocks yeah. up a, a ramp. You know, and they started off with a thousand guys trying to drag a stone. Then uh, the emperor said, "Okay, off with half of them," and half of them are off, and they couldn't get it up. And they said, "Off with another half of them." And next thing you know, two hundred fifty guys are doing what a thousand could. <laughs> that's called intensity. Okay, <laughs> that's that's desire <laughs> to get the job done over and above you know what's required. And to me, that's where you're approaching now. You've got to up your game intensity. And I think sometimes some guys don't necessarily enter the game with the same sort of mental RPMs as the the opponents.
2: We'll be dancing back and forth between this game and maybe taking a larger look at some of the problems that the Steelers are facing. I will say this, Matt. You know, when you look at the score, the final score, the final score in this game was 30-6. to the final score against San Francisco, who is looking very much like maybe they're the best team in the NFL right now. They're phenomenal. Yeah. Um, They beat them 30 to seven. You were manhandled in the same fashion by a Houston team that you were by San Francisco team, a team perceived Mm -hmm. to be among the worst, maybe the worst in the NFL. You were trounced the same way by them as you were by the 49ers. That's going to require a whole lot of soul searching and, you know, Mike Tomlin said he was asked about, first of all, I called it an ugly product, and he was asked, are there going to be changes? And he says, said, hell yeah, there have to be changes. So um, th- I think that's that's startling to me that you would lose by an even worse score, only by a point. Mm-hmm. To, to a Similar team. score, obviously. Right, 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 to a team that's regarded as one of the worst, as you did by a team that's
1: regarded as maybe the best. Now, I'm not going to fight you on this because I don't believe it to be true, but maybe, maybe we look back on the season and be like, wow. Houston end up winning 10 games in a playoff game and when they won that division. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they were better than we That's thought. That's right, maybe. maybe. I don't think we're going to say, boy, the Niners were worse than we thought, nor no. do I think we're going to say that about Houston. I think this is a rebuild year for them. But what's interesting to me is, okay, you got to make changes. Does that mean how you prep during the week? What kind of mental RPMs you bring on game day? Does that mean burning down the whole facility and firing everybody and starting from scratch? Does that mean new starters? I don't know. I'm curious what probably tomorrow we'll start to see some of that stuff but now unfortunately you're probably going to have Mitch Trubisky starting not necessarily because Kenny got benched but because he's injured you know now there's some injuries that hinder your options to make changes that you want
2: well you're going to have to make some changes some right are forced it's, it's on some, you. some changes right. were made for you exactly yeah, some, some well of put. the changes were made for you exactly that's 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 perfectly put um i will say this um you know i'm it's hard right now and again you know there's there's several choices that can be made about where the Steelers stand right now are they a team that for whatever reason is not as good as we thought well if you're not as good as we thought then there's a problem there's one of two problems and if that's if that's the answer one is that it's the coaching and the second is that it's the personnel or i guess three is that it's a combination of those two things you're not quite as good personnel wise as you thought um you need to make some some adjustments, coaching style. The other thing is, and this is possible, that because it's not always a linear movement from, from point A to point B, that this could just simply be they laid an egg. They come back against the Ravens and they play well, and we think, well, that was a bizarre game. But it doesn't feel like it's that based on the fact that they, again, defensively have not been able to stop really anybody um, running the ball or throwing the ball. And two, they really haven't been able to move the ball on anybody. So this doesn't feel like category B, a, a one-game blip to me. Wolf,
0: no, it could be a four-game blip. <laughs> <laughs> sure, just saying. Mm-hmm. My, you know, I am the eternal optimist only because my experience has been when you're within the four confines of that wall of that locker room. And when you're in there, there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> All right, there's nowhere to go. Well, gee, I think I'll just check out for a month, guys. I'll see. You. I'm going to Italy, you know, for a couple of weeks or something like. No, I mean, you you got to stay there and you got to decide. I you know, I want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. You know, and so that's a that's a defining moment that comes from each and every player. And certainly one of the things that you got to try to do is up the level of the guys who are playing. I mean, I get it. Coaches make mistakes. You know, I don't. I, Tom Moore. In my mind, is he's he's a, he's a quarterback whisperer. He's one of the greatest offensive coordinators I've ever seen, been around in my entire life. I mean, this is a guy that worked with Brady, with Peyton Manning. And, I mean, this guy was up in Minnesota and with Terry Bradshaw and everything. Um, Tom Moore is a great mind, yet Tom Moore was forced out in Pittsburgh. Okay? The fact of the matter is there are always self-serving elements that are out there, and you might have a situation where – you know, things. One guy's pointing at this, and another guy's pointing at that. Look, it's the bottom line. Is this? You got to play, whatever is called in the dead gum huddle. <laughs> all right, that's it. You play the play, and you do it. You know, and that's where it comes down to. It. And I understand about strategery and all that other stuff, but the fact of the matter is, I still say you got to play and make the play.
2: Well, you know, John Madden used to say. Don't worry that the horse is blind. Just load the wagon, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, just go out and execute. And, and I do think, Wolf, um, Matt, into Wolf's point, and we'll get more into this in the next segment of The Point After, but no stone can be left unturned. Everything has right. to be examined. Right. I mean, from, and I'm sure Mike Tomlin is having a self-evaluation process right now. I'm sure he's going to evaluate his, co- his coordinators, his position coaches, his personnel. When you have games like this, Everything is on the table. When you talk about what changes there's going to be, we don't know what changes there's going to be, Mm -hmm. but everything has to be under the microscope.
1: Without question. I think it'd be malpractice for not to be. I mean, the way that they performed in this game reflects on the entire organization, the entire coaching stash, every player, even Najee and Highsmith who played well and the kickers, you know, you have to. And what's crazy and what people don't think about with this sport because uh, the Penguins have a bad game. They go out the next day and, you know, Sid has a hat trick or whatever. A week isn't very long. <laughs> you know, for all that self-inspection, self-scouting, look in the mirror, as you mentioned with the the Madden conversation, that wagon train's going to West no matter what. And if your horse is blind, you don't have as much time to prepare as people think for the next one. That was well put, well wrapped up <laughs> That's very nice. I like that.
2: Uh, so that is the Look Back segment brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. I'll still look back a little bit. We'll also look forward a little bit. This is The Point After on 102.5 DVE and Steelers Nation Radio. This is The Point After, presented by Parks Casino. Is today your lucky day? Bet Parks. By Brian Patton and Associates, it is all about the benefits. And by the Steelers Pro Shop, get it direct from the team at shop.steelers.com. Alongside Craig Wolfley and Matt Williamson, I'm Rob King. Okay, more delving into what's going on here with the Steelers, and of course, the great debate. Um, Wolf will start here with you on this one. Is you know Matt Canada completely under the microscope, of course. Um, but I I think again when you look at this game, I'm sure that. You know, Kenny Pickett would have loved to throw that ball to Calvin Austin, a little deeper down the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, throwing him open as he was maybe pulling away there, just slightly underthrown. Great interception. Obviously, on the other end, that's a good play. But boy, you got to throw that ball a little bit deeper and let Austin run underneath it. Um, there, there are plays here and there, blocks here and there that are missed. Um, so it's hard to just say one thing is the issue because. Um, it the, the offense, which looked like it was building something towards the latter half of last year, does not look at all like it's built upon what they, the foundation they laid last year, and in the preseason for that matter.
0: Well, one of the things, yes, sporadically throughout this game, we saw instances where that preseason offense started to look like the preseason offense, like they were getting something going. Like you're turning that, that big old iron horse Najee loose, and he's running straight up the gut north and south because what we saw from this team was you saw some undersized defensive linemen. You know, Malik Collins and and uh, Jonathan uh, Sheldon Rankins, they're both like six two. They take on the double team, and they bury their head in the chest of the offensive linemen. They don't even see the back going by. We saw instances where they rolled them back, and then instances where all of a sudden you got run-through linebackers and you can't have that. The inconsistency that, that occurs is is troublesome. Because when you as Najee Harris, you're you're, you know, a, breaking three or four tackles to get back to the line of scrimmage, yep. you got issues. But yet at the same time, you're you lead the league in some explosive runs of like above over fifteen yards. He's he's done some really good stuff there. He had a nice twenty three yarder, busting loose, going lay at it like crazy. You you want but you can't have the negative uh, plays that that accompany that. And that's where I think the, the, the hidden vigorous, as Bob Prince used to talk mm-hmm. about, those hidden yards, the minuses that create the getting off schedule behind the chains. Way that's, too many minuses. That's way, the problem. Way, way but you too- still get some good pluses. I mean, look at the explosive plays that are happening.
2: But I would say this, Wolf. I think that this is a team that's not built for big down the field plays. And so... Yes, you love to see the 20-yard the explosive plays, and yes, that needs to be part of your offense. But so does moving the ball down the field more. I mean, you know, second and 18 or second and 16 feels like it's, it's okay, let's get in a good position to punt. You know, if you're the Chiefs let's or the any Bills. Any penalty
1: or any negative Yeah, I mean, any or... negative
2: play seems like a killer. And so when you have these negative plays, it, it, it feels oftentimes – like this is a Steeler offense that's trying to get into third and manageable. You mentioned only 12 Matt, only 12 third right. down plays run by Houston. It feels like the Steelers let's get into third and 3 and then see what happens as opposed to let's make some plays. And if and if you get and I understand that you're trying to grow and develop that. Well, if you're trying to grow and develop that, you can't have these negative plays.
0: But you put me in third and 3 anytime and I'll be glad. Sure, but right. but
2: when it's when it's uh, third it's, and 8.
0: No, no. Uh, Third and eight, no. Third, Second and 18, no. Right. That's the negative part of it. But, I mean, if you can get into third and three, man, I, I'll take that all day. You know, the fact of the matter is those big blows where you have the big negative plays that put you in that precarious position of trying to gobble up a lot of yards, those things you've got to somehow iron out. And I, I I'm not the shell answer man for all of that. I don't know. I only remember being tabbed a few times by Chuck going, you got to do such and such a thing, you know, and you and got to run that and you got to learn. And it was one eleventh of that offense. Each man's got to take an accountability for it. I believe that a thing like uh, having Deontay coming back sure would be nice. But the fact of the matter is, even while he's gone, George Pickens has to be more detailed on his route running. You know, all the guys, you take um, Austin... At uh, Calvin Austin when he ran that that route, you know, at the top where you stem a little bit, you got to put maybe a little more wiggle to be able to draw a Steven Nelson who's seen that play before. You know, you got to draw him in more to give your quarterback some some room to be able to hit that slight post run in there. Those sorts of things, the details are so important in the professional game.
2: But it does feel like this isn't an offense, Matt, that can pick up eight. 10 12 15 yards in the passing game it feels very much like if you're Labored. if you're second and 15 now you're third and nine maybe if you've run and executed a good play and then where are you you're third and nine you're not third and three you know um and and it, it just feels like it's let's manage this to get to third and three and if we can't uh and then we'll take the occasional shot down the field up the sideline or down the middle of the field as opposed to having more plays that stretch the defense and make them have to
1: worry about the vertical or intermediate routes. Yeah. Oh, I think that's really well said. And you hear it even from the coaching staff. Well, we're not really built to get chunk plays, so we have to get what we can. Well, basically to me, in today's NFL, that's admitting we're not good enough because chunk plays make the world go round. And, you know, to the Steelers' credit, these are facts. They were the youngest offense in the league last year. And they got better and better and better. And by a wide margin, they were the youngest in the league. And in the second half of the season, they were doing a lot of good stuff. But what they were doing in the second half of the season was not taking negative plays, mm-hmm. not turning the ball over. Right. There weren't explosives, but there was a lot of really long, sustained drives. That's wonderful. That That's a nice foundation to pour that you can start building the house that you can live in. But it's also not sustainable. I mean, the Chiefs and the Steelers had the most – Ten plus um, play drives last year, and one of them is Mahomes because they're scared to death of him, and they're all playing too deep, and he's not getting chunk plays because there's so much space underneath. Where the Steelers were doing it the hard way, they were carrying the rocks up the up the hill to build the pyramid, and eventually your back's going to break. You know what I mean? Like it's just not a sustainable formula. And now we did see a few explosives this year, but the foundation that was there before is gone. it isn't. Working, to say the least.
2: Are we talking about the Steelers now or Giza? I can't. We're, 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 <laughs> combination of I, I lost track
0: here. Um, Just remember this, man. You can't have chunky soup without chunk. <laughs> all right? Yeah. That's your offense. You've got to have chunk in, in all of it because it takes too long and too many plays to go down the field 80 yards consistently. Yeah. I mean, you've got to have the ability to have some explosive stuff. But like you said, limiting the amount of negative yardage that you get that's the key. And that all comes from pre-snap, post-snap penalties, from mental errors, all sorts of things like that. You know what I find troublesome
2: is, and you know, you, you mentioned that drive against the Raiders. I think we talked about that last week. And I, the, I remember writing that the word I wrote down was authoritative. It just, you know, it again, like Houston came out and dictated to, this, to the Steelers this game. They were authoritative in this game. This is what we're going to do. You can't stop us. Here we come. Mm-hmm. They had that one six-play drive against the Raiders, the Steelers did, where they were like three run, three right. pass. It was The move zone. Yeah, yeah, it was authoritative. It was like yeah. yeah, it looked great. Where is that early? Why is it taking the Steelers when they find any offense? They found. They keep finding it as the game goes on. You talked about the, the middle eight mm-hmm. uh, last week, it, you know, towards the – the middle part of the second quarter, okay, now you're starting to get that offense going against the Raiders. Well, in the second half, now it's starting to go against the Texans. That's troublesome because a lot of times you're you're just simply too far behind. That doesn't really make that much of a difference. And you need to be able to find that balance, that offense-defense balance, where the defense isn't like, you I know, mean, the minute you squirt some water in your mouth and you take your helmet off, all right, punt team, and then you're back out there on the field again. I mean, you, you you need to be able to find that more early in the games. And when Mike Tomlin is talking about things have to change, maybe that's one of the th- – and I don't know whether, again, that's preparation or scheme or personnel. Well, if this team has to start on offense and defense, but let's just talk about the offense, they have to start faster than they've been starting.
0: There's no question. And we went through this last year when they went 14 games in between opening drive touchdowns, if you remember last year. And we talked about it in the preseason. We saw it in the preseason. But it just has not, for some reason, whatever the reasons are at the moment, manifested itself in playing out on the field. But again, break down each play. Who's getting their man, who's not? Who's running the route correctly, who's not? Who's throwing the accurate ball and who's not? You know, I mean, these are all – you are so interdependent on each other. It's amazing. You know, and so when one thing is out of of kilter – um, you got all kinds of problems. You know, if, if that tackle sits a little too deep and we run they run a me game and they run a game where the defensive end crashes and, and the guy over the guard runs a twist and is a trailer like that, you got major problems and they had some issues going on there when they had a, a, a situation like that. And you, you get a guy in between you and the tackle and all heck's breaking loose, and you're you're trying not to follow the guy at the same time, you're trying to stop the, the pass rush. And these are. This is just one minor thing along the way. They've got to iron out those negative plays, which are they're ready to go at any moment. You know, just when you think. Here's the thing. Just when you think you're okay, I'm good. I'm by that. Also,
1: bam! oh, something else pops up. It's like that, and you got to stay on top of it. So, a good friend of mine, Mike Sando, that I used to work at ESPN, he does a Monday column for the Athletic, and one of the things he wrote about this morning was the first 15 plays of every game for every offense across the league. And he picked 15 because talking to coaches around the league, generally that's your scripted time. Mm-hmm. You know, the, we're going to come out, try to accomplish this. And people don't quite understand what scripted mean. I, I mean, it, when you script plays, it's time to collect data. You know, if I throw out two tight ends, are they going to play base? Are going to play nickel? Okay, good. I'll put that in the data banks, and we'll, we'll roll with it for tomorrow.
0: Throw the motion. In
1: yeah. There. You know, okay. And if we do this shift, how do they adjust? You know, do they – Check the cover two. Great. Then we're going to run a cover two beater next time we do that. Okay, et cetera. So Mike's column was, who are the best in the league at this? And if they're all the natural ones. It's Buffalo. It's Kansas City, et cetera. In the last paragraph, he said, we're only talking about the best ones, but I bet you'd be interested to know who's struggling. The Steelers are last by a mile, by a mile. And it's only 15 plays. Maybe if we pick 20, they'd be 29th. Maybe if we pick 10, they'd be, you know, thirties or whatever. But they're at the bottom of the league those first couple drives and it's not even close and they can't crawl out of it. That's what they need to fix immediately. And, and I've been saying this all week, like that's the symptom. You go to the doctor saying this hurts, this hurts, this hurts. Well, your first 15 team plays hurt. Then the doctor says, well, you have this disease or you have this ailment to fix. They need to figure out what the ailment is. We can all figure out what the symptoms are.
0: Hmm. I used to go to the doctor and say, this hurts. He said, don't do that.
2: (laughs) Unfortunately, the, the, uh, the disease is not more cowbell. Uh, they, need, uh, they need something. Um, and we're going to talk about what those somethings might be um, when we continue on. With Matt Williamson, Craig Wolfie. I'm Rob King. You're listening to The Point After on 102.5 DVE and Steelers Nation Radio. This is The Point After, presented by Parks Casino. Is today your lucky day? Bet Parks by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And by the Steelers Pro Shop. Get it direct from the team at shop.steelers.com. Okay, Matt, I want to pick up something you were talking about, and that's scripted plays, and the Steelers being at the bottom of the league on that Mm -hmm. with the uh, article you cited from The Athletic. One of the things I find troublesome and I think a couple of announcers have picked up on it is that there seems to be times when the opposing defense is making an educated guess or maybe Mm -hmm. knows what the Steelers are going to do. And that is causing some of these negative plays motion away, motion, motion, right to left. You're going to run it to the left. And now all of a sudden the backside safety or, or linebacker or whatever is firing. And yeah, they they uh, they know it's going to be a run, and all of a sudden, here is Najee. you know, Najee and Kenny Pickett and the defender are all getting there at the same time. We saw another play in this game in which they left uh, a defensive back unblocked in that way, but now they're gonna they're gonna run a little bootleg. Well, the defensive end wasn't fooled, and the minute Kenny turned around, he got sacked. Mm-hmm. It's it's as if sometimes. The the defense knows what's coming. So when you talk about and if that is the case, and it's been pointed out by a couple of national analysts, if that is the case, maybe that's something. When you talk about there needing to be changes, maybe it's you know self scouting. And I know you used to scout. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tell talk a little bit about how self scouting happens over the course of a week. And Wolf, you can chime in on this too, and and how valuable that can be for a team in understanding what other teams are seeing when they're looking at you.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of angles with this. First, I want to mention real quick about the, quote, scripted plays. I have no clue if the Steelers script. One play, 30 plays, whatever. But they still they certainly come into the game with a plan, you right. know, you know, whatever sure. it is. 15 is a random number that Mike picked. Whatever. And,
2: again, if you're just joining us now, we're pointing out the fact that the Steelers have not been able to get their offense going early on. So that was yes. the, that was Personally,
1: the premise for this We for yeah, this used discussion. to
0: script plays is way back in the 80s. right?
1: Yeah, I think that's a Walsh thing. You know? yeah. yeah, right. So – Nowadays, all this information goes into a huge database and then all these red flags come up. On third and two, they run this. I mean, it used to be GAs when I was at Pitt would grind night after night after night and never sleep and try to find little things or tendencies and things like that. Now you just plug all the information in, boom, on third and eight, they do this. Or the defense checks to cover two whenever this tight end goes in motion. So it's not as hard to find. But there's also more people in the media that do this way, way, way better than I do. That have found a lot of tendencies with this offense over the last year or two. Things like when they're behind center, they run. When they're you know really obvious things. When right. they're in shotgun, they throw. Or when they use motion, there's a very high percentage of run. Things of this nature. Now, the misconception of our listeners right now, and I want Wolf to piggyback on this, is. Luke Keekly, Ray Lewis, Jack Ham, on and on and on, they knew what the opponent was doing, too. You know, like, there's not as many secrets as you think. So the Shanahan's of the world are really good at making you think, oh, we're going to our tendency, but then they do something a little bit different. And they're the rarities. They're the special guys. But Ray Lewis can know Jerome Bettis is coming up in the A-gap on whatever, you know, inside zone or whatever, but if they block it up, he's still getting six yards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like tendencies are great, you're but you right. still got to even. We, my example, I always used when I was a pit. Larry Fitzgerald was there, and we could have put up on the scoreboard. We're throwing a fade to Larry. Yeah, wouldn't have made one bit of difference. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, we're still scoring. Yeah, well, but now,
2: <laughs> and that's he's a good guy to have. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say this, and I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I am concerned about the unblocked guys no causing doubt. these negative plays. Yes. Like there's, there are times in which you just simply – you're overwhelmed by personnel at the point of attack. I think you think four run guys into un- blocking seven. I don't care how right. good you are. That's not going to work. Let's, let's take yeah. a
0: look at the one play you're talking about, and that was Jerry Hughes coming up the field and blasting – uh, I'm sorry, uh, Kenny, when he did, rolled out, right? right? Now, you had Connor Hayward coming along on a hide route behind the line of scrimmage. You also had uh, Matt, uh, Pat Fryermuth release on, down a seam on a seam route. Now, who was supposed to drive down on on, uh, Hughes and give him some problems? Was it Connor Hayward who was going to trap him? Or was Frymuth supposed to drive down on him and then peel out? We don't know. (laughs) All right, that could be a an mistake. We, we
1: knew they didn't draw it up the way that it yeah, ran. However, it, it was. Yeah. That. Exactly. <laughs> however, <laughs> right. it was. It wasn't unless, like that. Unless, Somebody unless was you're trying to, to fool. Yeah.
2: Unless you're trying to fool them, yeah. Them, <laughs> and you know? then you right, know, right. know what?
0: Then, <sighs> then okay, you, you paid the price for it. Right. And by the way, scripted plays don't always work. No. One, one, right. one scripted play we had was we played Green Bay, and I got a first play. I was a trap against a kid named Reggie White. <laughs> didn't really go well. <laughs>
2: So, and by the way, when you talk about, and, and I'll, I'll just give a, a a personal example for myself, very small example of of how, you know, you don't know how things are going to work, and you don't know who to who the, who is to blame, right? Um, although, if you ever watched me play Division Three football many years ago you pretty much knew who was to play. You, know? <laughs> you deserved your share yeah, of the I deserved my share of the play. <laughs> so I remember, I just remember being over center, and we had an, we had an All-American tight end. He was real. well, he was an All-American tight end. I'd say he was really good, but I just no. said it. He's an All-American tight end. The a double entendre. And I looked up the middle of the field, and there was nobody there. And we had a little hot route for the tight end. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to go for like 80 yards. Mm. So instead of my normal, you know, five-step drop, I took one step back and... Waited for him to release and realized, oh, that's right. He was covered, and therefore he had to block. And he's not going to be releasing. And there goes the play. He, he doesn't know the what you're thinking. The play is completely, blown up. Right, but it sure completely sounded good up. in your head a moment oh, earlier. I was like, I was salivating. Completely blown <laughs> up. Totally my fault. But but you know, you from, couldn't ESP him what you no, were thinking. No, but from right, those yeah. little things, you know, you know, if you're watching that from the sidelines. Unless you'd watched a lot of our games and you knew it was my fault, how would you know who was to blame? How do you know who's to blame? There is it Connor Hayward? Is it Pat Fryer? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Who, you know you is, don't know, right? And and you know, bro, uh, busted coverage. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, did did the corner was he supposed to roll back in a cover three
1: or or quarters or I mean or this did the safety was the safety supposed to come it's over? It's Very difficult. It's yeah. really difficult with coverages and pass protection for sure. You know, like the defense coordinator doesn't send you a note saying, "Ah, oh, the safety screwed up." You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But but
2: again, they, they need to get out of the shoot better, Wolf, and maybe that they is do. maybe that is something that in self scouting they can look at some of these tendencies, try to do some different things. Look through four games, getting out of the shoot fast hasn't happened, and so that's you know again we talk about uh, you know recency bias. Well, that's that's four games of evidence that that seems to me to be enough to maybe change something in your approach sure, offensively. But
0: realize it's still a small sample as compared mm. to the rest of the year and it's still a work in progress as compared to the rest of the year. And that's the kind of view I take just because you've been through this and you realize it's a long journey but they've got to do some better things in being able to button down and make sure the negative plays don't happen as frequently as what they're happening. Look, they still rush for 114 yards. What have you? They they average over 4 what four yards of carry? I think it was. If I look at the stats there, which I don't have my glasses on, so, but, it's but like so extremely didn't so difficult. much that I feel like it was four like second
2: point. half. They came out in the second half. And they right and they, they pounded away. 16
0: to but here's here's the point. They were still within one good pounding, one bloody knuckles drive of putting points on the board that brings you within a score. You know, and and the fact was they were doing a good job of it, and then things fell apart at the end. But in that third quarter, we saw a lot of that ability. To start doing and realizing some of the things that they needed to do, you know, and I thought Nate Herbig came in and did a, a decent job of getting after it with the offensive line, and you know, for a period of time they got their stuff together, and then again you have some negative plays crop up, and that's a problem.
1: The elephant in the room, though, is for whatever reason the coordinator, the play calling, the offensive line, you know, the tendencies, the opponents. Cleveland's defense is great. Sears' quarterback play is way below the line this year. I mean, it just is. I have great faith in Pickett. He has not been a good quarterback this year, or nearly the player he was in the second half of last year, let alone the preseason. I know the preseason is different. I think it's capable, but this is a quarterback-driven league. You can't get away with the 30th-best quarterback play and expect any of these things to go away.
2: Well, it he seems less decisive than he seemed a year ago. And again, like look. He doesn't
1: trust any of it. Well, I, you know, I,
2: I point out this example. When the Steelers really opened up the offense to Ben Roethlisberger, and again, because this could be natural development issues. Mm-hmm. When, the, when the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben's third year in the league, when they said, and this is a guy who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and we know what Ben Roethlisberger doesn't need my endorsement. Third year in the league, they opened up the offense. What happened? Ben led the league in interceptions. There were growing pains. While that happened, the Steelers didn't have a great year. Ben didn't have a great year. It was a necessary step in his development to move on and to grow. Um, perhaps we're seeing maybe the offense is opened up, and maybe it's a lot for Kennedy to process right now. He doesn't seem as decisive. I will say,
0: so that's, sometimes you can know too much. Uh,
1: yeah, right. Right. You that's, get that's paralysis by analysis. Never been a problem for, never, mm-hmm. a problem for oh, me. I I, won't. <laughs> you're looking at the (laughs) game not knowing
0: enough you know know, I
2: i will say this though and i just the eye test still tells me that so cj stroud had a number of open receivers a number of opportunities a number of plays drawn up in which he had to throw it across a living room and he had a receiver running open And it was good for 10, 12, 15 yards. I can think of a couple of examples. Guy coming in in motion just head straight up the field. It's a little – it's five Mm -hmm. yards in the air. And he's catching the guy in stride, and he's going to go pick up 12, 15 yards. It looked like an RPO. They had a run play called to the left. And um, (laughs) uh, Stroud, actually knowing what he was supposed to do to quarterback, stopped, pivoted through to the the backside slant with a huge cushion and and picked up yardage. I just don't – I see, and, and this, is a, this is an indictment to me of both sides, and I don't know, again, what the root of the matter is, but I see the Steelers' opponents' receivers running wide open. I don't see the Steelers' receivers running wide open. That seems like a very large problem to me.
0: I would say On this. On both sides. Yeah. Again, yeah. it's execution, man. <laughs> I've, this game is as is, is difficult to make as you want it to be and is simple. As, as you could want it to be. And it's all about you do or you do not. There is no trying. And I know people here, oh, it's simplified, and you're just you know covering up for this or that or whatever. I've got no agenda here. <laughs> you know The fact of the matter is I've been out there. I've been the guy that has made the play. I've been the guy that they point the finger at. You know what I mean? That's just the nature of the beast. You understand when you're out there, you are 1-11th of an offense, of a defense, of a special teams. That's what you are. And if you don't perform, it it starts taking the thread f- through the whole unit. All right? And and if you don't perform, things don't get done. And that's as simple as you want to make it. Now, you can sit there and say, well, the coach has got to do it. Yes. Nobody's blameless in this whole scenario. Everybody, Agreed. you know, everybody's mm-hmm. got a hand in the pile, the proverbial hand in the pile. Believe you me, everybody's got a hand in there. But to sit there and just say it's his fault, that fault, or whatever – I'm thinking as a player, it does no good now. Now is the time you got to turn around and, and be able to double up and buckle down and tape that mouth guard in, and get two chin straps because guess what, the Ravens are coming to
2: town. And down. would it be a shocker if a week from now we're like, woohoo, you know, hey, this guy, of someone, right. someone taped the guy back yeah. together; it's not falling anymore. They went 39 and 203 uh, and two, Hey, we're going to a bye. This yep. is going to be great. Let's uh, take a vacation. Happen. You know, it
1: certainly could happen. It's a long season. It's a week to week thing, and. Ravens games are always that way, but I don't have that taste in my mouth at the moment. No,
2: it's hard to, again, following a 36 loss. Uh,
0: but this is that. when you got to stand tall and mm-hmm. hang in there and be tough. And, and that's, that's for all the Steelers fans, too. For the most
2: complete <laughs> selection of Steelers merchandise from official sideline gear and authentic memorabilia to our extensive selection of jerseys and terrible towels, visit one of the official Steelers Pro Shop stores at Acrisure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or visit us online at at shop.steelers.com for all your Steelers merchandise needs directly from the team. For Craig Wolfley, Matt Williams, and I'm Rob King, thanks for joining us for The Point After on 102.5 WDVE and Steelers Nation Radio.